What's up, everyone? This is another edition of Top Rope Nation Extra. Ordinarily, this is our weekly bonus show over on Patreon.com. We do this every single week on Spotify Greenroom Live. Take your calls, interact with the listeners. We put it out as an exclusive podcast, a bonus podcast every week on our Patreon page. However, this week, the show is going out to the world, so all of you on our main feed can see what we're doing on the bonus show every week. And Maybe check out the Patreon page or join us live on Spotify Greenroom. Uh, the, the app from Spotify, it's available on Apple. It's available on uh, Android. Basically, anyone can participate. We'd love to have you guys join us each and every week. I've got Kyle Ross on the line right now. We've got a room with some regular listeners, some new faces as well. And we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite, which just went off the air. As we are recording right now, and we've got a ton, Kyle, to get into in the news Mm -hmm. because CM Punk's been in the news today. Daniel Bryan's been in the news. Got a lot to do in the next hour, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Ready to uh, kick out the jams here, man. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a a fun show. As I said, we'll be taking your calls for those of you that are with us live right now in Green Room. So if you want to get involved in the show, just raise the hand. Uh, I won't immediately have you up on the stage since this is a podcast recording, but I will bring you up when we take callers. So just keep the hands raised, and we'll get everyone involved as we go. And uh, like I said, check out the Top Rope Nation podcast feed tomorrow if you want to hear this thing back. So, Kyle, Dynamite, what did you think of the broadcast tonight? Um, It was not as good as last week, but I think that should have been expected. The card going in didn't look as strong in last week. Uh, should be acknowledged as one of the tippy-top episodes in Dynamite history. Um, but that's okay. I mean, you look at next week, uh, that card looks absolutely stacked. And, you know, going back to last week's show, there was a lot of people, a lot of discussion. I believe even Meltzer wrote in The Observer how the big story was the crowd last week. And if you remember on this show that we did on Green Room last week, I kind of said, yeah, a lot of people are saying that, but it kind of undersells how well that show was structured and booked last week. Mm -hmm. Tonight's show was one that I think was more so made by the crowd, if that makes sense. I I think if if that show was in front of a, you know, a less, uh, you know, um, you know, crazy audience, it may have not been held uh, in any kind of esteem. But the crowd was hot pretty much throughout, maybe not so Orange Cassidy and the Blade. But, um, you know, the crowd made that show more, and it was certainly eventful, uh, and you couldn't really turn your head away from it because things kept happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also crazy that uh, two weeks in a row, we had some Top Rope Nation <laughs> Spotify Greenroom uh, listeners in the crowd. Last week, Brian, who we're going to get on the air here in just a few minutes, he was there, called in afterwards, and then uh, Gabe Kofelt who's been here on Spotify with us before and also a, a longtime supporter on Patreon. He was in the crowd tonight. So two weeks in a row, Top Rope Nation was representing a dynamite. We'll see who can go next week. <laughs> who do we know in Charlotte? That's right. Who's out there in Charlotte? They're going to have a big crowd in Charlotte. That is going to be, as you said, it's a stat card. They're going to have a hot crowd, I'm sure. Man, AEW is on a roll right now. Big time. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> Not even getting into that, the news. They're on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, may be on paper the strongest dynamite ever. Yeah, I I would concur. 
For sure. And, and you know, this week, you know, get it. We should probably talk about the show that we just watched. Um, <laughs> you know, again, you know, I, I think most people would agree when you look at the matches going in, it, this week just didn't look as strong. You know, last week had multiple matches that had been built up over a couple weeks' time. And when I looked at the card uh, this morning, I was like, you know, they're probably going to do some wild things. And they definitely did. Like, it felt like um, every segment they tried to do something pretty wild, whether it was introduce uh, a surprise or, you know, just have some wild brawl. Uh, The main event was excellent, I should state, for the Mm -hmm. record. I I thought it was excellent. And... Hats off to Lance Archer. You know, on this podcast, we've talked about many times how he's the guy who has kind of fallen into the unfortunate, um, you know, pattern of like losing all of his big matches. Well, he Mm -hmm. needed to win tonight. And hey, in his hometown, we talked about this last week on the show. Juxtapose that with what happened to Keith Lee on Raw. Folks. Putting people over in their hometown, home state is the <laughs> easiest thing to do. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, I'm not going to say I completely expected the title change in the main event, but they were in a situation with Archer where you want to keep him strong, and like it, it kind of felt like they had to change the title. And the way they did it, you know, with that big bump Moxley took through the barbed wire tables and getting counted out, you know, I think it, it protects him a little bit. He's caught in the barbed wire. It was a hellacious match. You know, earlier, <laughs> in the, earlier in the show, they announced um, Nick Gage is going to be on the show next week with a with a match with Chris Jericho. And so uh, getting the fans ready for the hardcore action, you had the f- continual fork attacks in the main event. You had blood from both guys. As I said, you had barbed wire. I mean, dude, we say this every week, but watching AEW Dynamite, Comparing this to Monday Night Raw or even SmackDown last week, it is like apples and oranges, is it not? I mean, how how fun was this show to watch, Kyle, compared to uh, what you saw Friday and Monday or what you saw highlights well, of? I mean, you know, it takes you back to that late 90s period. Again, I think I've said this, you know, multiple times. The show just flies by. Um, you know, even if things don't work in the big picture, they're kind of just interesting while you're watching them. Right. It, yeah. It's just a faster paced, um, better television show where, yeah. uh, you know, they, they just don't let you kind of come down or, you know, um, just kind of like stop paying attention there. They're always trying to do mm-hmm. something, trying to keep your eyeballs on the screen. And, um, you know, I think some stuff worked tonight. Others didn't. But the key was this crowd was into everything and when you have that, it can make the show better than maybe it actually was. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect show by any means. I think the big thing for me is that it feels fresh every week. I never feel like <laughs> I'm watching the same show. Like every show feels unique versus you look at Raw from Monday night. I mean, how many rematches were on that show? It's just like it feels like the same thing each and every week. Dynamite just it feels so fresh every single time. That's why I enjoy watching it so much. Keeping score at home, five weeks in a row, we've had different people in the main event now. Yep. So Great stat. Yeah, they can't do that on okay. WWE television. There's only a few people who they can put in that last spot. Um, do we want to break 
this show down by segments, or are we going to go to the um, punk and Daniel Bryan news? Well, first of all, I want to get some callers involved, Okay, I think. and But before I do that, since this is our, our main feed show going out to the masses this week, I want to get the uh, you know the regular items out of the way. It, you know, mm-hmm. If you've never heard Top Rope Nation before, we've had a lot of new listeners in the last couple of weeks. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening, Spotify, Apple. Leave us a written review. Hit the five-star rating. It helps us out so much. If you're not aware, we actually put video versions of our shows out every single week as well over on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do live video feeds on there as well um, quite often, not every week, but quite a bit, especially after uh, pay-per-views. In fact, Kyle and I did a live stream on Monday morning uh, looking at the WWE pay-per-view from over the weekend, Money in the Bank. And uh, as I said, this show, you know, it's a little bit different. We're on Spotify Greenroom. This is normally a bonus show on Patreon. It's just going out to the masses to give you a little appetizer for what we're doing. If you like it and you want to hear it more, support us on Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you bonus content, a weekly bonus show. This one, Top Rope Nation Extra, a monthly bonus show, Top Rope Nation Classics, access to our show notes and a whole lot more. Click the link in the description of this podcast to read all about it. And if you're noticing the audio quality isn't up to the usual standards, that's because Spotify Greenroom is done through our cell phones. So I don't have the fancy mic out right now. You're probably noticing a little bit difference on the audio. It doesn't matter. These are a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy the show. So let's let's get our first caller up on the stage as I unlock my phone so I can do so. And yeah, mine does that Brian. all the time, too. I hate, I always have to constantly do that to check who's in the room and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like we got Brian, Brian. checking in. Brian is uh, one of our weekly callers. Nearly every week, Brian checks in. He's been a great supporter of ours here on Spotify Greenroom. He does his own show on Spotify Greenroom. Brian's an OG here on the app, back to the days of when it was locker room. Brian, what did you think of AEW Dynamite tonight compared to what you saw last week? Oh, well, first off, Ryan, I've got to obviously thank you for the wonderful introduction. And thank you for the shout out on uh, Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah. Did you watch that match, by the way, yet? I have not watched it yet. It's it's on my list. I got to get to it. Maybe tonight I will. Okay. Wonderful, you, wonderful. You're talking about the Jungle Boy and Helico yes, match? Yeah, I yeah. did. I, I thought that, you know, top to bottom again, that was a, you know, I mean, I, you can't say television program because it's on, you know, YouTube, but whatever. It's a wrestling program that, again, was made. By the audience, I think, and a real fun watch. I would recommend people watching not just that match, but really the whole show. It was it was well paced, yeah. and I enjoyed it. You know, low key, watch out for something because if you, I don't know if Jack Evans is hurt, but if you guys have noticed, they've kind of gradually started pulling Al- Angelico away. Because I mean, no disrespect to Jack Evans, but Angelico is just such a superior talent. I mean, if you go back and look at his indie work, uh, you know, years ago, he, he's a wonderful talent. So don't be surprised if maybe TK pulls them apart and just makes that hell go potentially a singles guy. Cause he's a, yeah, I feel like he's got talent. I, if I had to grade the show, I, you know, Kyle, I'm actually with you. I would say, you know, last week's show, I mean, that's gotta be a top five in dynamite i'd have to really go back and go through my memoirs and see like what my top top five dynamites are that's up there i mean if i had to grade the show i mean 7.5 the thing i do appreciate about the show guys uh you guys have touched on it not everything hit and that's okay that is absolutely you you can't hit a home run each time sometimes you got to hit these little singles to carry over to that uh you know show two or three weeks down the line 
Did the Andrade um, segment go a little bit too long? Was it for everybody? No, not necessarily. But you know what? I appreciate one, they fixed the Vicky Guerrero thing automatically. So love that. And two, they gave Andrade like an opportunity to speak for a very long English and Spanish. And you know what? I think they're gradually trying. They're really trying to hit this Latino market, and I I admire that. I admire that because you think Vince would have given Andrade that like leeway uh, without Selena speaking for him? No, absolutely not. So, I was it a home run? Absolutely not. But pitch by pitch, you know, watch that uh, drive on uh, like a home run in the next couple of weeks once they actually have some trios match or maybe Penta and uh, Phoenix turn on pack. And that's, uh, that's a hell of a uh, trio if that's the case as well. So wonderful stuff there. And the introduction of Nick Gage, Nick Gage. And I'm already mm-hmm. kind of fantasy booking something for next week. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Cardona is going to interfere in that, right? And that's how Jericho's going to win that match. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nick Gage will bring some wrestling figures to use as weapons in the match. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the only thing, though, is did they say that there can be no interference? Well, it's no rules. Wasn't that a stipulation? I- well, so here's the thing. So nobody can interfere and, I-, I guess, help Jericho. Well, ooh, that, that, damn yeah. it, Kyle. That's actually good. So never mind then. Yeah, I just thought. That- <laughs> no, because that would be a thing. Because yeah, for people who for people who don't know, Matt Cardona is working Nick Gage. When is that match? It's a scale. I my computer unfortunately just died, so um, I can't. It's coming up. It, but I think that it's, like, it's yeah. this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I, I knew it was week. soon. I can't I remember what the next two weekends. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if it was this weekend or last. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that would be with something to do. So, but no, I, I thought Nick Gage. You know, for you know, looking seg by seg here. I thought that was a really interesting out of left field thing because I think we all assumed that these, you know, um, you know, Jericho running the gauntlet was just going to be against the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then here he just pulls Nick Gage out when he said, this guy robbed a bank with a mask off. I said, wait a minute. And yeah. then Gage yeah, <laughs> shows up and he is a perfect person for this angle, like a mercenary for MJF to bring in. And, uh, you know, I'm not too hot on the pain maker gimmick from Jericho, but the crowd responded and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how Chris Jericho holds up and works in a Nick Gage style match and how far they can let him go. Um, Tonight's main event gives me the feeling that they're going to let him go pretty far, obviously. And, you know, not just tonight's main event, but, you know, in the history of Dynamite, a lot of blood, a lot of violence. They're not afraid uh, to put that on TV. So very interested to see how far they uh, push the envelope next week. Do you, you think Jericho's going to take a pizza cutter? Uh, <laughs> see, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you both. Do you think that he opens back to back weeks? Because I, I think you almost have to open with that to separate the uh, eliminator or, you know, the survivor series style. Cause I, I feel like if you, for the page and, Omega match, you have to give that 20 to 25 minutes. And I think you need plenty of time to let that breathe a little bit. So Jericho might be going back-to-back weeks, opening up. And, guys, I I don't know if you noticed. So MJF was a late addition. Uh, Tonight, AEW had pretty much their big workhorses as far as actually um, their main demo draws. So don't be surprised if you see a nice little 1.3 – or hell, I'll I'll, I'll say one point four tomorrow. One point four million, because there's no sports on tonight. Whoa, 
I'm, I'm, <laughs> wow. Do you mean like for a peak quarter hour or like total? I'm saying uh, 1.4 mil. If they do 1.4, I cannot imagine what Twitter is going to be like tomorrow. <laughs> well, if you think about it, though, uh, Kyle, so Britt Baker in a talking segment, if you go back and look at those quarter hours, she was the highest mm-hmm. draw in a million. So you've got mm-hmm. you've got Britt, you've got Darby, you've got Orange, you got Jericho starting the show. And I Moxley mean, in the main event. Yeah, yeah you're and, right. And Moxley, I, I'm just don't. And there, if there if there was like NBA or NHL, I'd like Brian, come on. I mean, I, I'm this could just be a hot take on your radio program here, but 1.4 million for AEW tomorrow. I, I let's say a, a 0.45 and demo. What did they do last week? 0.4. Pretty close. Yeah. There. I, I want to say it was a point. Yeah, so I mean, I think they're going to top a million because there's been so much conversation around the company today. You know, yeah. they've been what have they been hovering around nine hundred thousand recently, something like that. I used to analyze ratings every single week, but I haven't been doing that lately, so I'm not. I can't quite remember, but yeah, I do. I do think they're going to top one million. I don't know if we get to one point four. Maybe, maybe that'll be a good call from you. But I think getting over a million would be really good. I mean, if you looked at AEW last week versus Raw, what was really interesting is. AEW topped Raw in the 18 to 49 demo. I mean, these companies are not that far away. And then you look at the you look at the news that was hitting uh, Twitter and everywhere else, all the websites today about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And both of those things actually happen. I mean, we're making some real noise here with AEW, and who knows what's going to happen at the end of this year and next year. I mean, they're getting they're getting pretty darn close, man. It's an exciting time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because there's probably a curiosity factor. Oh, are one or either of these guys going to show up? Especially the timing of you know that Daniel Bryan story breaking. Um, courtesy yeah. BodySlam.net, give them the credit for breaking it. You know that was like right before the show was ready to go on the air, so that was going to keep people engaged and probably had people putting on. In addition to the punk news that Sean Ross Sapp broke, so yeah, I mean. I think they'll be disappointed if they didn't top last week's number. I'll say that. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can go as high as 1.4, but you know, they're, they're hoping to at least do 1.1 for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, we haven't even addressed this yet, I guess. We, we just open up this conversation mm-hmm. and just talk about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy day in wrestling news today on Wednesday, uh, right around noon, Sean Ross Sapp dropped the bomb that, uh, CM Punk has been negotiating a wrestling return with AEW. Uh, He mentioned that there are several wrestling companies that he has been engaged with, but AEW seems to be the most likely suitor and that uh, these discussions are much more serious than at any point in the past. Uh, Meltzer has said before that Punk and AEW have had some dialogue in the past, but apparently it's gone much, much further this time. I'm sure a lot of things are playing into that. Uh, you look at, you know, the return to with the crowds, of course. Um, Punk recently has worked on that upcoming heel show with stars. I don't know if that might have spiked some interest in a wrestling return for him, just kind of being around that environment again. I mean, I don't think CM Punk is going to return when there's no crowd. So now that we got crowds coming back, that's going to play a role. Um, it's not confirmed. We don't know for sure. As far as uh, Sean Ross Sapp said, there hasn't been anything signed as of today. 
but the two sides are very much engaged. His report said that uh, higher ups at WWE are even expecting Punk to sign with AEW. So that was a huge, huge bomb that Fightful dropped. And then just as AEW was going on the air tonight, uh, Cassidy Haynes from Bodyslam.net, who has broken stories in the past, maybe you don't know his name as well, but he has been a reputable source. Um, he claimed that not only is Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson heading to AEW, he said the deal is done, that Bryan has signed and that uh, he will be debuting as of now. And this kind of jives with some things that I've heard in the past too, that the, uh, the AEW show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York would be the likely debut for Daniel Bryan with AEW, if they were able to get him, um, Meltzer has hinted that there was a big surprise at that show. Mm-hmm. People talking about Bryan too, uh, and according to Cassidy Haynes, a body slam like that is that's where they are penciling in Bryan's debut. But he, yeah, he said, and according to him, and this has not been refuted by anybody, um, that Bryan has signed that he asked for reduced dates, he asked for the ability to work New Japan, that he asked for creative control, and apparently. According to his report, AEW was open to all of those things. So, I mean, if this actually happens and you got Brian coming in in September, you got Punk coming in around the same time, Kyle, I mean, how huge is that? So I'm going to go back to a podcast we've already got in the can, Ryan, uh, already available for patrons, by the way, of Top Rope Nation. Mm-hmm. So please sign up if you haven't uh, already done it. I, I think everyone else is not going to get to hear the episode until next week, correct? Chemo uh, Yeah, the you're talking about the classics <laughs> WWF Invasion show we did Yeah, the Invasion. Week. I should have yeah. qualified. Yeah, we recorded it last about. week. It's coming yeah. out for patrons next week. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for reading my mind. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, the reason I bring that show up is because I at the end talked about, you know, how WWF had trouble getting the big names from WCW to sign on, you know, because they just chose to write out their deals with Mm -hmm. Turner. Well, what I talked about was had that invasion angle been booked better, there would have been a sense of momentum that would have potentially, you can't guarantee it, but potentially caused those guys to look at, coming in early a little bit differently. And I bring that up now in 2021 because you look at the momentum AEW starting to have here right now. And if you're Brian Danielson, if you're CM Punk, you're looking on the outside and you're saying, I want to be a part of this. And if you can get what you want and, you know, it seems that Brian has, and there's no reason AEW wouldn't, you know, um, give him what he wants. um, You're all in. Pardon the pun. So mm-hmm. that that's what when you've got momentum and these outside people can say, hey, you know, if I go there, I think I'll be booked correctly. I think that'll be, you know, it, it'll be a good time and it'll raise my stock. I'll be I can become a star again. People are going to want to be a part of it. That's what happened with WCW. Yeah, it, it kind of be for the first time ever. It became the destination, not WWF. In the late 90s, right? Like all these big names from your childhood just started showing up there on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're seeing, I, I know a lot of guys have been fired and kind of like had no real other option at AEW, but these are guys who are, you know, on their own volition going. And it's just kind of a sign of the times. I mean, these are two very, very smart guys, not just as, as far as wrestlers go, but, you know, business people. And, 
when they just look at the business as a whole and they look at booking and they look at the shows that are being put on, I mean, they're not thinking much differently than we are every single week when we're doing these page, these shows for uh, Spotify green room and we're reviewing AEW. I mean, it's night and day what AEW is doing from a creative perspective and a, and a television perspective right now versus WWE. And so if they're looking at a return shit, Brian has already been there uh, in recent years. And uh, other than, you know, the heel title run that he had, which was very, very good. Most of what he's done since coming back has been forgettable. Punk hasn't hasn't wrestled in seven, what, seven plus years. So if he's going to come back, he wants it to be a big deal. I mean, are you confident if you're CM Punk that WWE is going to handle it well? And we know his issues. You know, we we know his issues with the company in the past. Why on earth would he go back there? with the company in the creative situation that it is as of right now. Yeah. And, you know, Brian, one of his conditions is uh, to work Japan reportedly. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. remember that story a few, what was it a few weeks ago, maybe in a month back about, you know, uh, Nick Khan had reached out to like new Japan. Well, look at uh, AEW, what has been on their television for the last two weeks and next week will make it three in a row in IWGP U.S. title match. Obviously, the promotion, um, the American promotion that's got the best relationship with New Japan right now is AEW. Yeah. There's just no just denying. I mean, um, you know, I mean, yet three weeks in a row, they're going to have one of their championships defended on TNT. So, you know, that's sweeten the deal uh, for Daniel Bryan as well. With Punk... It's really interesting, like, how he fits. You know, everyone is talking about, oh, my God, imagine the pop, you know, when Cult of Personality hits, if he debuted it all out in uh, Chicago. And, I, you know, that's obvious, right? I mean, yes, the crowd would be very fired up. But I, I'm looking beyond that. You know, what are the angles? What's the fit? Um, you know, the thing with Punk in AEW, this is a promotion where talkers and personalities tend to rise to the top. You know, okay. I mean, you know, some people want to view it, you know, vis-a-vis WWE as, well, AEW is the more work rate promotion. I think it's a promotion where the talkers and the personalities stand out. Well, the big and, thing there is that, you know, AEW gives their talent freedom to say kind of what they want in their promos. They're not overly scripting the guys. Yes. And we know in WWE, there's a few guys that they let do that. But by and large, 90 plus percent of the talent are being scripted. I, I think if Pump came back, he could probably get the freedom to say what he wants. But still, I mean, just having the environment around you where everyone can kind of freestyle on the mic. You know, he can he's a guy who can go back and forth with people who are allowed to kind of say what they want to say in the ring, regardless of who he's wrestling. I mean, that's a huge draw. Yes. And, and yeah, that was what where I was working towards there. I mean, over the last you know 10 to 15 years, I mean, there just aren't many better talkers in this business than CM Punk. So he'll fit yeah. in great. I, I do think the elephant in the room is Colt Cabana and that relationship, though. I saw some people bringing that up on Twitter, and that is interesting to me. If that fence has been mended at all, is there, you know, does Tony Khan care if that fence is mended at all? I'm sure Colt Cabana cares. Um, and yeah, I'm not I saying, mean, but Colt, Colt is... I think Colt's working on a per date a per date deal. I don't think he has. Does he have an actual contract with AEW? I, 
I don't I, know. To be, that, that's, I don't think that he does. And okay. the reason I say that is because of, and I see Gabe's in the room here, um, the Trago Spez Hall of Fame here in Iowa was, was this past weekend, and there was an independent show that uh, Brian Pillman Jr. was supposed to be at, and at the last second he was pulled, and this happened right after he signed with AEW. You know, he had been working kind of independently for AEW now for a couple of years, and they finally signed him full time, and then he got pulled from the show which was kind of interesting. Like maybe he doesn't have the freedom to work as many independent dates, but Colt Cabana mm-hmm. was indeed at that independent show. Mm. So I, but, I, don't, I don't know for sure. I'm just speculating, but I don't know that Colt is signed full time. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the thing is, and, and it's not like if, look, if you can get a big star, it's not like you're like, Oh, well, this will upset somebody. I mean, look back in the day. I mean, that's a non-factor. People didn't care. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But, but now it's more people like, you know, companies like to have harmonious locker rooms. And, I, I mean, Colts liked, so I, I don't know. Um, you know, two guys that were so close, um, you know, I know Chad sent me Punk's ROH farewell, which was against Colt Cabana in Chicago today. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, these guys, I, I just hope they can work whatever issue they had out again. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I mean, I think Punk would be a great fit for AEW, obviously. And, you know, the way he left WWE was so bad. You know he's not going back there. He He's going to be the one guy who is the exception to the rule they always go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of callers here. So I want to bring Brian back in. He wanted to add something on Punk. Then we're going to go to Gabe. Brian. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up, I, I, I know you guys, t- like, recently touched on the, the anniversary of the pipe bomb. But if you kind of go layer by layer of what Punk laid out, isn't that pretty much the polar opposite of what AEW is and what he's yearned for for such a long time? It's kind of funny how it it took, you know, Cody getting fired to be a huge part of this. And, you know, Cody was there and he could acknowledge, hey, like, I was there, man. I I completely understand what you're doing. You, You have this amount of freedom to do this and i i'm so i I really want to know who's the head of these conversations because uh i'm open to whatever you guys think but i presume cody has to be in the forefront of these conversations right i would think so i there was a little bit of uh wasn't there a back and forth between the bucks and punk a couple of years ago like when AEW was first starting and there was some talk about if they had offered punk a deal wasn't, weren't they kind of sniping back and forth at each other a little bit? Or, or well, was that deal, Cody? I can't remember. I, well, the deal was, Ryan, I believe that Tony wanted Punk, but I, I think he was kind of hemming and hawing, and they didn't want to wait on him. So they just kind of just kept mm-hmm. moving. So I, from what I gather, I don't but think there was, was some any... there was some conversation about like whether or not a contract had been offered, and then I think Punk said something had been texted to him, and he wanted to like mm-hmm. actually sit down and meet. Or, yes, you really yes, that this? did happen. Yeah, that's that did right. happen. I, can't, I, can't, I can't, remember. can't remember if that was Cody or the Bucks, but there was like something going back and forth, and it didn't come off great. I mean, I would probably Cody because they have the history together. I would think TK though too is kind of playing. Some points on this as well. I don't think it was well, with the box. I think it might have been with TK on Twitter. I, I can't remember. It was it was either with Cody or TK on Twitter that exchange that you're talking about, Ryan. Yeah, I'm almost don't recall talking. for sure. But yeah, Suppose yeah, and, it, it, but. and it's like so crazy <laughs> because like now if you go by, like it seems like every other day you're seeing like a tweet or some story. Uh, there was like a story I saw going around today 
from Ethan Page. He's only been with the company since March, and he said he's never been like this is the most fun and uh, happiest he's ever been to be with a wrestling company. So those little things matter, man. And if they can start gradually landing these two, like, I mean, these huge stars, I mean, I, I joked earlier, I, I think a couple of days ago when the, there was a uh, scuttlebutt that WWE pulled uh, Daniel Bryan's merch off the uh, store. The good thing Arthur Ashe has a retractable roof because if they hear the final countdown, oh my god, that place would explode! And you, you know, Tony, you know Tony's jet, fellas. You know Tony's already he's already bought the rights to that song. You know he has. Oh yeah, dude. We have a, a guy in our Facebook group who's a regular listener. He's a pro wrestling torch contributor, uh, Frank Pediani, and he he actually bought tickets to the show tonight based off of a conversation we we're having in the Top Rope Nation Facebook group. <laughs> So you guys got to join in the conversation there, by the way, link in the yeah. podcast description. But uh, yeah. I know Frank's going to be I, I, there. I mean, New York's going to go freaking nuts. I really love the collision in Korea vibes that Frank <laughs> felt going to the show. too. He's like, he's like, do I have to go to this? I'm like, yes, they're making you. <laughs> well, Frank said he was inspired, too, by uh, the story I told on our punk scene retrospective a couple of weeks ago here on the program where I talked about how I could have been at Money in the Bank 2011 and I didn't go. And it's one of my biggest regrets and he's like i remember that story so i bought tickets to arthur ash stadium here in september which is hey man you only live once it's gonna be an awesome show whether or not brian <laughs> or punk are there you gotta go man you gotta go he lives 30 minutes from the stadium he said it's like it's like when we were i was supposed to go to heat wave 98 with chad and then sunny uh flashed the crowd and chad was very upset that we didn't go <laughs> <laughs> poor chad Yes. Oh, poor Chad. A couple of years later on the internet, though, he got to see what he wanted to see. So he's he's fine. Yeah, now we've all now we're all like, put those away, please. By God. <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's see who else we got on the line calling it. All right, here we go. Gabe Benson, Patreon supporter, longtime supporter of Top Rope Nation. Gabe, what's going on tonight? Uh, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, happy to be on. I. Really didn't expect to be on tonight just because I want to listen to you both. You guys are on a roll. Um, so much excitement today, and I can hear it in your guys' voices. I could feel it in the uh, Facebook group page today. And uh, whether the rumors happen or not, and it, it feels to me with uh, TK, they feel like they could happen more now than anything with WWE in the last you know, seven years with Punk for sure. A um, couple things that you guys mentioned. The show definitely wasn't as good from start to finish as last week, but the excitement is still there, whether it's uh, watching it or being there. Um, seeing Top Rope Nation guys at the shows live is pretty awesome, as you mentioned, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan. But here's the thing. The, what I like about it is TK and whoever else is helping him, whether it's Cody or not, he keeps doing these little dribs and drabs. And they're subtle in the show, but if you are a, a regular viewer or just somebody that's watched wrestling like we have all, for a long time, you can pick up on them. And even today, I, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys saw it on Dark Side of the Ring Twitter feed, but they asked what was the top um, five of your own opinion. And as I was looking through the scroll, that Nick Cage was in the top five. And then it was hashtag AEW Dynamite. Now, that doesn't happen if TK doesn't have that relationship with the guys over at Dark Side. And it almost, to me, when, when he showed up tonight, it didn't take away. I was excited to see him. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it was such a subtle little thing. I'm like, that was just great. 
that they put it out there in a weird kind of esoteric way, but just good enough where my mind was wandering. And I think that's what's exciting about all these rumors is because they can happen. The other thing you guys had mentioned about Colt Cabana, I don't know what his status is, but you, Ryan, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the show. Um, they did pull Pillman Jr. really late. Red Velvet did come, but I think that was more because of, of Wes for sure. But she yeah. didn't perform. You know, she, she was there basically just as a friend of the show, which was awesome that she came. The other thing I would mention that was, was kind of a, with this, uh, partnerships. So the partnership with Impact and Sammy Callahan, what, what I thought was missing this year was the wrestling revolver guys that Sammy usually sends up. Because those are guys that, if you look the last five or six years, they're on that show at the Tragos Hall of Fame. And then a year or two later, they're either signed with NXT, uh, WWE, or now AEW. So um, it was really interesting to see those guys not actually be on the show because of that relationship. It's too bad for us that was there. It didn't make the show any worse, but it was just interesting that those guys, like you mentioned, that were more free to do indie shows weren't there this year for the first time. But listen, man, I've got a million things on my mind, but I don't want to take up a lot of time. I just wanted to hear what you guys' thoughts were and jump in for a second. Yeah, Gabe. I want to clar- clarify something real quick here. I yep. looked it up. Okay. Uh, Cabana does have a deal with a, he's, he, but he, it's a special deal. He's allowed to work elsewhere. But okay. he has an AEW, it's a non-exclusive AEW contract he's under. Okay. So Pillman Jr., he could have something different. And then as Gabe mentioned, Red Velvet yeah. was there, uh, but she is with, uh, are they engaged? Are they actually married? I'm not sure, but she's been with Wes, Wes Briscoe for for a while. And Wes Briscoe is, is at this, this Hall of Fame show almost every year oh. with his father, Jerry Briscoe. So, yeah, they were both there. But, uh, yeah, fun weekend. It was awesome. I got, actually got to hang out with Gabe a little bit, had some beers, had a really fun time. Got a, got a little bit uh, of the Top Rope Nation crew together here in mm-hmm. Iowa. Hopefully next year, uh, Kyle, maybe you can join us. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think one of the, you know, Gabe was talking about, you know, all these other companies and the ups and downs and wrestling re- revolver and everything. I think one of the draws of AEW is, you know, this whole forbidden door thing that they are open to letting guys especially top guys work elsewhere you know looking at the impact relationship looking at what's been happening with new japan looking at you know, kenny going down to mexico so if you're daniel bryan and he's been he's talked for years about these dream matches that he wants to do and you know some of us kind of roll our eyes like eh, is he really gonna do it you know kind of thing we've talked about that on the program before but dude it seems like he is going to do it. And like, mm-hmm. If you want to do, do that, you have to go to AEW. And obviously, they're going to be amicable to letting you do that. They've let their other top talent do it. Why would you not if it means you can get Daniel Bryan, if it, need, if it means you can get a, a get a CM Punk? I mean, this has come up a lot. I feel like I've been watching so much CM Punk lately because we did the Money in the Bank 2011 uh, retrospective recently. We've been talking a lot about him on social media just the other day. I think yesterday, actually, um, I was talking with some people about, you know, if Punk or Brian went to AEW, which would be bigger. And I was talking with people about that. And I, I had mentioned, I think that Punk's first match is the biggest deal. Uh, but I think long term, Brian means more. Um, just because I think Brian is a bigger star in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian has been around, whereas Punk, other than, you know, the UFC deal, 
He's mostly been out of the limelight for quite a long time. But Brian, yep. he's had that exposure on Total Divas, on Total Bellas, uh, the pop culture uh, breakthrough with the yes chance. Like everybody knows that. So I think Brian is definitely the bigger star. But I think there would be so much interest in that first match of CM Punk. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, Kyle. But uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think Brian is 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 the bigger star. I think he means the most. But on on the Punk side, that first match is going to be huge. Yeah, it's tough. It, it all depends on the crowd react. You can never you know know how the crowd's going to react for certain. I, I think you know if Brian does debut in New York, are they going to shoot an angle and have him work the pay-per-view? Um, who would you have him work at the pay-per-view? Because it's a, a key thing here is you, you probably don't want to, um, you know, I, you know, outshine Hangman's tight title win, do you? So it'd be interesting to no. see what they, what they would have him work. And then punk, we don't know when, they would have a debut, but um, you're right. I mean, CM Punk's first match in, you know, seven plus years would be a bigger deal in that moment just because he hasn't wrestled because it would be the first match. Daniel Bryan wrestled on national television earlier this year and, and had been wrestling regularly uh, for the last three years. Mm. But um, I, I do agree with you that Bryan, I think, um, long term would probably mean more, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not willing to go on the record with that. No, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to say yeah. for sure. I just think, I think going in, Brian is the bigger star, but the interest in a singular match is more in punk side, just because we have yeah. seen Brian wrestling recently. It's been so long for punk, but man, I mean, he's been away for seven and a half years. The guy's 42 years old, but that's not really that old. <laughs> I mean, no, not in WWE, the WWE roster. Not, no. He's he's younger than a lot of the top stars in WWE, right? Like he's mm. younger than Bobby Lashley. WWE yeah. champ. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not like some over the hill guy. We don't know like what he's going to look like in the ring, um whether he can still go or not, but I imagine this guy, I mean, he's been training MMA most of, you know, most of the last 7 years. He's going to be in pretty good shape. He's He's slimmed down from his wrestling days for sure, but he's going to be in good shape. I don't think he's going to get blown up when he goes out there to work. And I mean, he was always such a talented guy that I don't think he's going to disappoint by any means. Is he going to be what he was seven, 10, 15 years ago? I don't know. We'll find out, but it, it is a seismic deal. If they can pull CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, and I, I have total confidence. I put this out on Twitter today. I have total confidence that AEW would use them in the long run to help create new stars. You know, I, I just, I just, yeah. I'm more confident on their creative side than I am WWE's <laughs> that, that they would be used in the right way. It, it wouldn't be a WCW deal where they brought in all these former WWF stars and they went down the twos because, you know, other than Goldberg, they didn't, and then they neutered Goldberg, <laughs> but they, they didn't, they didn't make any new stars when they were in the up and up. I feel like AEW has that in mind and they're always looking to make new stars. If you look at the world title picture, you know, they're, they're always looking long-term like Jericho got the title, right. And then they moved it over to uh, Mox and then to, to, to Kenny. And they're doing this in a way to like, now you've got the heel champion 
to get over the up and coming baby face. And in the end, Adam Page will be Kenny Omega. And then they've made Adam Page. Right. So they're, it seems like they're always trying to set up the next star. Well, and they've already got a bunch of young and upcoming baby faces. Right. They've mm-hmm. got Darby. They've got Jungle Boy. I mean, they've got a lot in the tank. I mean, this is going to be a really strong roster. And, you know, they're getting an extra hour television next month, too, uh, which they're going to need. I mean, if these yeah. games come. I mean, they are. It already feels like they do. And the thing is, though, nobody feels overused in this promotion, which is key. So I think once Rampage comes out, it's going to be interesting. Is there going to be that feeling like WWE is like, oh, this, you know, well, okay, we see this guy again. I don't know. I mean, they've got quite a large roster, and three hours to me is a lot more ideal than five in terms of weekly television. Kyle, why don't you tell the listeners what you said in the uh, the Facebook group that Punk should say if, if he signs with AEW when he gets on the mic for the first time. I told y'all that Vince's son-in-law was a doofus 10 years ago. And I think if if he's at if he's at all out, which the top rope nation crew is going to be at, so if you're going to be there, holler at us. Uh, I think it's probably you know it's just going to be a promo. It's going to be that kind of thing. He'll come out, bowl announce the signing. He'll talk. I don't think it's not impossible. I I don't think he'll wrestle at that show. No, no, especially if you had bra. I mean, if you're bringing no, I mean you got to stagger these things to let it soak. I mean, you know, AEW yeah. will for a lot of you, but yeah, I would stagger those two debuts for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like they might announce a punk signing if it happens. It's not confirmed. You know, it, it could turn around and, you know, maybe punk gets turned off by the story getting out there and he doesn't sign. We don't know. But um, if he if he does come in, I mean, you got to think they got to have him appear at all out in Chicago. Uh, their yes. next pay-per-view after that full gear, not too far away, St. Louis. So, I mean, they, they're running the Midwest a lot, but, and then they got the Arthur Ashe thing coming up at the end of September, bring in Brian, man, we are, we are looking at a really fun end of the year here. Wait, uh, is Arthur Ashe, what, what's the date on Arthur Ashe again? I believe it's, a, is it the 22nd? September 22nd. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. if that's the case, that's after all out that, if that's what Brian's going to yeah. be. I, I spoke yeah. earlier. Why did I think that was an August 22nd? I was thinking it was all, okay. Yeah. If that's the case, then there's no worries about it whatsoever. I apologize, folks. Sometimes so it's what sometimes, two and a half weeks later after all out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have a brain fart. Why did I think that was in August for some reason? Um, you know, uh, yeah. Kind of embarrassed there, but <laughs> good. Hey, if anyone else wants to get on before we, uh, you know, we keep moving, let us know your thoughts on Dynamite tonight. Uh, we can even dip into some WWE if you want, or just the whole no. CM Punk Daniel Bryan thing. <laughs> If you want to hear us talk WWE, we did review Money in the Bank. It's on the main feed of the podcast. Check it out for sure. Uh, let's see. Let me check the chat room, see what's going Very on here. Very disgusted with myself right now that I confused August 22nd. And... <laughs> it's all right, man. Hey, we got a call. All right. So we've got, let's see. I'm going to bring up on the stage Nick. We got Nick checking in tonight. Nick, what is on your mind? Welcome to Top Rope Nation. What's going on, guys? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for Thanks for asking. Yeah, uh, I thought the AEW Dynamite was amazing tonight. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, I think one of you mentioned it earlier, not as amazing as last week. But, uh, again, the the crowd was still into everything. I think the main event kind of brought it back to life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, I think what really slowed it down was, I, I guess it was the women's match a little bit. It was wasn't really like a fast paced match. It kind of picked up towards the end of it, but um, it was kind of in a 
had the same momentum about the show until that point. And then it kind of picked it back up at the main event. But it was a great show all around. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, you were talking about the women's match over in our Facebook group. And, you know, it was it was kind of clunky. But yeah. Britt is just so over that yeah. the crowd didn't yeah. care, you know. Yeah. But and they yeah, wanted to win. Match. Yeah, and they wanted to win. No, they, they were off. And they had had a decent match earlier this year. You know, I know some people were like, oh, it's crazy that Nyla Rose was her first opponent. And it wasn't, you know, my favorite thing in the world. Either, but if you go back and they the announcers did a good job of hyping this on com, uh, you know, during the match, yeah. that Brit's only loss this year was to Nyla Rose. So I think it was important perceptual wise to have her beat her, um, you know, clean in the ring, which they did. And yeah, the, ma- the match wasn't good at all, but the crowd was so into Brit that it actually didn't matter that the work was poor. They, they just wanted to see her win, and that, that can carry you a long way. Yeah, agree. And you know, uh, Kazarian Gallows, eh, it was all right, but yeah. it wasn't a, it was a great match by any means. I mean, we've had some really damn good matches the last few weeks mm-hmm. here in Dynamite. So to me, that one wasn't really up to par. The women's match, so so, but you're seeing Brit. But I mean, yeah, the crowd really kind of made the show. So, uh, Nick, any other thoughts tonight? I love the opening match of it: Sean Spears versus Jericho, the stipulation, and how. Um... They were still able to, you know, have Jericho win it without making Sean Spears look like, how do I explain it? Like, less, less, uh, like, without looking less important with mm-hmm. this chairman gimmick. Yeah. You know, obviously the stipulation was, oh, he can use chairs, but Jericho couldn't. Um, you know, they, he, you know, when Sammy, like Sammy Guevara was also an, also another baby face. Uh, I know you guys were talking about young baby faces before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Guevara is on that list for sure. Because yes. um, as soon as he comes out, that pop he gets is like, it's like one of the biggest. And I think a um, great way to start it, you know, have Jericho win it without, uh, you know, the, the, the ref's back was turned. And he technically used a chair, even though he had, didn't have it in his hands. Uh, but it was a great opening to it, you know, a fun match. Everyone was into it. Uh, and the Nick Gage part really, really shocked me in a way. Um, I, even though when MJF was describing him, I had a feeling it was him. Uh, the, the first person that came to mind, when, but it was one of those moments where like, even though you know it's happening, it's still a shock to you after it happens. Absolutely. Like, like yeah. for example, when Cena returned that Money in the Bank, like we all kind of expected it to happen, but when it actually happens, it's a different feeling. Um, so it's yeah, I, great opening of a match and great ending. Uh, there's just some things in between was kind of off about tonight. Nick, let me ask you since you brought Money in the Bank, and I don't think you've called into the show before. Let me just get your take on this. I mean, where are you at as a wrestling fan right now uh, between AEW? in WWE as far as like your excitement about each company's uh, product right now. Uh, I'm just glad that the fans are back. Uh, that's one thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the, the crowd really made up for everything uh, since the crowds ended up coming back, especially, uh, especially WWE uh, SmackDown and money in the bank. Really? Uh, as you, uh, if you guys saw money in the bank, the crowds really made up for, it for both shows raw kind of. Um, but uh, you know, of course with, AEW's crowds, they never disappoint. You know, AEW never disappoints the crowd either. Uh, but in terms of money in the bank and how they're directed towards their next pay-per-views and events, 
Um, I, I think I think they're leading for WWE. I think they're leading great towards SummerSlam. Um, I think they're starting off right with how they are booking the uh, as they tend to quote it the biggest event of the summer. Mm. Um, with AEW, I'm love, loving every single part. Like for example, Kenny Omega and then Hangman Page. Uh, the five-on-five match was confirmed for next week, so I'm excited to see if not only Heyman Page getting his title shot, but the Dark Order as well. Um, but the thing is, with that, this is kind of one thing that I I kind of get a little bit me a little bit upset with AEW is how they don't really use their rankings that well. Um, the Dark Order, neither of their teams have are even in the top five. In the rankings, so it's it'll be weird if they get that title opportunity, mm-hmm. um, knowing that they're not even ranked. But also uh, going, I, I think I put this in the comments how they use storylines uh, on AEW Dark and Elevation. Um, you know, the the acclaimed and the Varsity Blondes are feuding on on uh, I believe Elevation, one of the shows. So it's kind of like they, if you're if you're following that, you know who's feuding and. You know what? Uh, how they're building up these stars, um, and those so teams I, are feuding over the rankings. At least you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But but it doesn't always have to be. I mean, sometimes they just um, throw in like a random team, and then it's yes. like all of a sudden they win a match and they're in top five. And it's well, like, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think in the case of the Dark Order, it just makes sense. Yeah, in terms yeah. of the of the larger storyline with with Page and Omega. But yeah, I mean, you're. I mean. The thing is, whoever wins the Blondes acclaimed storyline will probably get a shot. I, I wanted to jump in and say something, because um, you had mentioned, Nick, about WWE rolling towards SummerSlam. Something that's like really obvious to me when you watch the WWE television is, yeah, they're all hands on deck and totally geared about SummerSlam. But if you look at the promotion beyond SummerSlam, it looks kind of dire. Like what they don't they have any do challengers. These, yeah. yeah, what are they going to do when these guys go away? Because like John Cena, okay, it's the summer of Cena, and he's appearing at some houses this summer, but he's not going to be on the show this fall when they're opposite football. And like AEW just seems to have a lot more in the reserve. Like, but they you got to remember that they do have the draft coming up following SummerSlam, so they could easily mix around and have some people from Raw go to SmackDown. Like Drew McIntyre can easily be a challenger for Roman when Cena's gone. And then but, you but, have someone like, uh, I guess you could say, like a, like a Kofi or a Jinder or somebody from Raw go over to, to SmackDown and e- be, easily be a first. Uh, and then also have Big E who has the money in the bank briefcase. You know, that could be someone who can cash in at SummerSlam, can cash in at any point. We don't know because no one knew that Nikki Cross was going to cra- cash in that one day. And then now that's an extra addition to the story right there. Um, so I think one little change, one little decision can easily impact how the storyline can further go into the year. So I think that would probably be beneficial if the draft plus Biggie's unknown and unannounced cashing. Yeah. Even then though, like with this draft, it just feels like there just aren't a lot of fresh matchups even with the draft. I mean, they did Drewman and Drewman, Drew and Roman <laughs> at Survivor Series last year. Right. And, but uh, they didn't have a they didn't have a full story either. They just literally he won the title the week of. Oh yeah, we talked about throwing... that on the pod at the time. Yeah, that sh- I mean, that well, yeah, I mean, that Survivor Series. Match. Yeah, yeah, that that Survivor Series gimmick is horrible. 
you know, yeah. that they do when it's always. And why do they do the draft right before? Survivor yeah, that's starts? yeah, because they, they they represent their brand that they just got on, and it's like yeah, it totally undermines that. That's a hideous idea. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. It should be after. It should be after. Mm-hmm. The the draft certainly helps them to to mix it up, give you a, you know a few fresh matchups. But I think the greater issue is that they haven't done a good job elevating talent and having you know like a stockpile of challengers for their world championships. And that's that's the difference between the two promotions. You see all of these guys yeah. in AEW as as potential challengers to the titles, not even just the world title, but you know the TNT title and everything. You know they're on the up and up versus over in WWE. You know, the land of 50, 50, 50, 50 booking where it's like, who do you buy as a real challenger, especially on the babyface side? Because, you know, Roman has basically destroyed everybody. And I hey, yeah. I love the Roman Reigns storyline. Roman is like the most must-see thing on WWE television to me. But the problem is he's destroyed so many people and they don't have anyone else really built up to face him. So, you know, they've got him doing John Cena. It makes sense because SummerSlam's, Kind of like this year's WrestleMania because they'll have a full full capacity crowd in Vegas. You know our good friend of the pod, Andrew Zarian, over on Matt Men, he's been talking about how you know WWE is is very all in on trying to draw back some casual viewers. And we've talked a lot about this on Top Rope Nation over the last few years that WWE's casual audience has been dwindling, and like the oh, yeah. number that they're down to, like I could not imagine a couple of years ago Raw doing less than two million viewers. And they're down to the the hardcore audience now. There is almost no casual audience right now. So they're trying to draw some of those people back with John Cena, with Goldberg. When these people leave, though, like these are two legends that are challenging, you know, for the top two titles at SummerSlam. But then when they're gone, like, what are you left with? Yeah, you got Big E. I hope they do something with Big E. They just utterly destroyed Kofi. I, I mean, they, they can build him back up. People will buy it. He's a former world champion. But, man, Kofi Kingston is a setup guy to 54-year-old Bill Goldberg is not something I love to see. And then, like, I mean, who else do you have really on the up and up right now? It, it's, it's a dire situation on, on the babyface challenger side in WWE, I think. And, and uh, Keith one Lee. Of the, sorry. Yeah, Keith Lee. Because one of the things that I, uh, I have my own wrestling podcast – it, the YouTube channels in my profile, but um, there's one thing I mentioned where it's like they kind of have a uh, they use the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank uh, uh matches for like you know as a way there's like a pattern where they use one um one of the matches they give the winner like they give the you know some whoever wins it is you know, well-deserving, and the other match, they end up giving to someone who really not people are behind about. For example, um, the 2020 Royal Rumble, the the men's obviously was Drew McIntyre. He was the one who deserved it. Then the women's was Charlotte, who didn't really, you know, as you could, as you, we saw, didn't really, you know, benefit her at all besides winning the NXT Championship. Then Money in the Bank last year, it was Oscar, who you could say deserved it. Then Otis won it, who, as we all know, lost to The Miz. Um, and then this year's Royal Rumble, it was Bianca Belair who won it, who deserved it. Then Edge won it, who basically got his one-on-one matchup money in the bank instead of Mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then this year, it was Big E who deserved it. And I'm not saying Nikki Cross didn't deserve it, but, like, you know, look who was in the match. You know, like, Naomi, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Zelina. 
out of all those people, it was Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's kind of used to build stars in a way, and it's benefited some. And that's why I kind of feel like it was, I think, Liv Morgan. I mean, I know this is off topic with Roman, but like someone like Liv Morgan could have easily benefited more from Nikki Ash. Agreed. Um, if yep. she would have won it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is too early, and you know, she just won the Roman Championship, so we don't know how it's going to pan out. But I feel like, you know, at in these type of moments, I think it's all about choosing the right person because it could easily benefit somebody. Like I Drew think, McIntyre, think, from, since he won the Rumble, was a star. Bianca yeah. Miller has easily become a star in the, these past couple months. So yeah. it's, they're not really booking the right people for these matches. At least with, one Nikki, with Nikki, Vince likes the goofy you know, gimmick and everything. I think with Nikki though, it's not as much about elevating a star as it is getting the title off Charlotte so that she can win it back again and get her closer to the 16 time, 17 time deal. You know, like, yeah, she won it. She had a one day title reign and then they got it off of her and now she can win it back. And you know, she can be a 11 time champion or whatever she's at now. And they're just trying to get her up to, to match her father's number. Dumb. So dumb. Yeah. Dumb. (laughs) That's, that's kind of the deal there. But uh, hey, Nick, I want to pre- I appreciate you calling into the show tonight, man. Good talking to you. Hopefully, we'll see you on here again soon, and uh, I'll check out your YouTube channel here on your profile Definitely. on Spotify. Thank you, I appreciate it. Nice talking to yeah, you guys. Thank, too. thank you, sir. So yeah, if anyone else wants to jump on before we wrap it up, just raise your hand here in the green room app, and uh, like you guys on the main feed are seeing, these shows are a lot of fun, very freewheeling, allows you to you know call in and talk with us every week. It's, it's a whole different vibe from our normal friday show so as i said at the top of the podcast if you want to get this bonus show each and every week in podcast form now anyone can join us on spotify green room it's it's free just get the app and join us live but if you want to hear it on demand as a podcast uh, it is a bonus podcast patreon.com slash top rope nation would love to have your support over there it's the best way to support what we've been doing here on top rope nation for almost exactly Five years now, Kyle, we have been at this. Summer of 2016. We're coming up on the five-year anniversary. Wow. Wow. If we live closer, I'd buy you a beer. Yeah, thank you. Still disgusted that I got that date wrong about AEW Grand Slam. I may not sleep tonight over that. I pride myself on my work. No one else cares. It's fine, man. One person's going to listen to it and not hear me correct myself later in the show. and say, who's this asshole? He thinks he's an expert. <laughs> we forgive you. You pulled the most random stats off the top of your head all the time. Anyone that's been listening to this, this show for a long time, <clears throat> they heard you back in January do the 92 Royal Rumble entrance order off the top of your head. I think you're fine, man. I don't think you've lost who any can't, who, who among us can't do that? <laughs> I could not do it. I love the match. I could not do it. Could not do you, it. You, you know what's funny? You were talking about watching old punk. I was going to go on this big rant how I started watching like uh, his 09 SmackDown run last night. I'm taking full credit for his return to wrestling, quite frankly. <laughs> because I was thinking so like 09 SmackDown had like this. I've seen some people talk about this, like, you know, reputable reviewers. They had a nice little crew going in the summer. Of Punk, Jeff Hardy, Ray, Jericho, Edge, and uh, John Morrison. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, 09 is kind of a blind spot for me. I'm going to just check out this TV. And I was like, you know what's crazy? Five of these six people, 12 years later, are still wrestling. The one exception is Punk. And then what happens today? You made it happen. You willed it into existence. I did. 
I also <laughs> saw a horrific. I'm just. I'm gonna. You, you talk about my randomness. I'm gonna raise my credit with this. So I was watching these online smackdowns. Okay, there is a horrific, maybe the single worst Vince McMahon promo I have ever seen on one of these 09 SmackDowns. I'll get the exact date. I'll put it on our Facebook page. He comes out and starts talking about, he's in Green Bay, your favorite city. And he's like, what's that smell? And he's like, oh, cheese heads. Somebody probably cut the cheese. Oh, no. And then it gets you know, <laughs> much worse. He starts saying, oh, I know what that smell is. You people are all afraid to lose their jobs or lose your jobs. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, nine. Weren't we in the middle of that, like, horrible recession? Yeah, yeah. This was the <laughs> worst Vince McMahon promo pre-Kevin Owens headbutt I've ever seen. I'll, I'll tweet out the exact. It might have been June 26th, but it was June something. It opened the show. It was horrible. <laughs> Somebody cut the cheese? Hey, parlay that? that into the whole uh, Natty storyline. Not too. Yes, that's where that, he right? got the three years later. Natty's farting on television. <laughs> that's where he got the idea. Oh, my God. Who cut the cheese? <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. Crickets in the crowd. Crickets. Nobody laughed. Nobody reacted. I thought he was going to repeat the joke again, a la Eric Bischoff, with the uh, scissors joke to Sid on that Nitro. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Well, hey, man. Who you, you cut the cheese? Back now. Calling back an 09 SmackDown, you've got your cred back now with the audience. Thank so you. very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I don't know what somebody put in this one beer, but it really got me going, man. What beer is it? Just White Raja. I drink it all the time while I do the pot. Oh, yeah. I don't You've know. This one, like somebody must have spiked time. it or something. I was like, well, I was kind of fucked up during this show, I'll be honest with you. Did me. you see my post on the Facebook group, man? I poured a beer. I got this new beer at the store. I thought it was an IPA. It's summertime. It's like 95 degrees outside, 90% humidity here. Like, I want a good IPA. And I start pouring it. I didn't really look at the can too close. I thought it was an IPA. No, mm. definitely an 11% Imperial Stout. Not exactly what I wanted to be drinking in the hot summer months. I drank about half of it, and then I went and grabbed a uh, yard sale IPA, Lion Bridge Brewing Company, out of the fridge. And uh, nice, oh, easy those, IPA. Those 11%ers, man, need to be fucked with, man. I mean, I'll drink them in the, the winter. I like a beer like that when it's cold outside. Not exactly, not when it's 90 plus degrees, though. No, yeah. not the best. So uh, I see Tim is in the chat. Tim can probably appreciate, though, that, that style of beer. He likes a good beer. But, uh, Guys, that's a, that's about all we have tonight, I think, uh, mm-hmm. unless we have any other callers. I think we are probably going to hit the road. Um, anything else? I guess I could just really quickly you know, read off the lineup for Fight for the Fallen next week, AEW and Charlotte. I mean, just a stacked show. So we got Jericho and Nick Gage. That's a no-DQ match. We've got uh, the celebration of Ricky Starks winning the FTW title. Mm-hmm. We've got FTR against Santana and Ortiz. We've got Christian Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against Private Party and Angelico. We've got QT Marshall and The Factory apologizing to Tony Schiavone for dumping the protein shake on him last week. Uh, Tony Khan is going to make a major live event announcement. They tease that tonight. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we've got that elite match with uh, with. Uh, the Elite taking on the Dark Order. So it's Kenny, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers taking on Hangman, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. And if Paige and the Dark Order win, they receive 
title matches. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that yeah. that's, that's a big that's one of the biggest matches in Dynamite history, man. And yeah, I mean this is just such a stacked card. Uh, top and then we already have matches announced two weeks from now. They're they're not waiting for the pay per view with Cody and Malachi Black. Cody wants yeah to- the return the return to yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, Cody wants to be that big baby face, so he's doing it in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> Homecoming. Dynamite homecoming, they are calling yes. it. So, and yeah. Miro's going to work that card, too. He, he had a promo tonight where he said, who's going to challenge me in two weeks? So, Yeah. So, lots to look forward to on the AEW side. And not just in the news with Brian and CM Punk, but they continue to build this organization. And they build the matches up week after week and make you want to tune in. We have enjoyed talking with you all tonight. And uh, we'll be staying tuned to anything breaking in the days ahead check out the top rope nation youtube page subscribe and of course subscribe here on the podcast feed as well and and check us out on spotify green room in the future call into the show we love talking to the listeners so for kyle ross my name is ryan drosty hope you have a good week and weekend and we'll catch you next time real soon take care peace